Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Experiments Web Clinic Audio Replay Podcast. Marketing Experiments is an internet marketing research laboratory. The web clinic you are about to hear was broadcast live to an international audience of marketing professionals. Sign up to be invited to future web clinics, as well as gain access to all of our online marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. Good afternoon. Good morning, everybody. My name is John. I would like to welcome you to another Marketing Experiments Clinic live. I am here in nice, sunny Florida, every raining every so often, but I'm glad to be online with the rest of you guys. Um, today, we're going to talk a little bit about personalized messaging, specifically how little changes to an email actually led to a 380% change in response rate. And uh, with me today, I have a very special guest. I'd like to introduce Tim Kaczuriak. This John. is Tim. For, uh, for those of you watching the video play later, you could see he, how hip and awesome he's, he looks. He's, he's more than just that. <laughs> he's actually the Chief Innovation and Optimization Officer at Next After. And um, uh, for those of you who are on this clinic, uh, before I get, I, I'm going to ask Tim a little bit more about himself and about his role. But real quick, if you're new to our webinars or if you're new to our clinics, I just want to let you know this is a very interactive clinic. Uh, we've got a couple of ways for you to interact with us. Num number one, you've got your uh, go-to meeting, go-to webinar functionality, the Q&A functionality. Just use that and you'll be able to communicate with us. We're actually watching the screen right now, looking for any <coughs> comments and or questions that you might have. And then finally, we have Twitter. Here you have our hashtag web clinic. We'll be monitoring that as well and we'll be looking for your questions and comments. But uh, let's go back to Tim. Tim. Um, Welcome, first of all, welcome back to the clinic. We're really glad to have you here. Um, Tim actually traveled from Seattle. He had a, a, we stole him away from a family vacation. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's great to be here, and it was a long trip, but happy to be able to participate in today's clinic. So, Tim, tell us a little, for the rest of the people that are on the clinic, tell us a little bit about yourself and about Next After, um, and, and what is it that you guys focus on? Yeah, I mean, we're, we really are truly obsessed with trying to understand why do people give? Like, what, why do they give to causes that really stir their passions? And it's caused us to really, you know, follow in your footsteps and take some of the scientific uh, methodology that you guys have created, and we're building on top of that, and we're really trying to unlock ways to really uh, enable people to give more to causes that they care uh, deeply and truly about. And it's kind of interesting, I, I, I attended my first uh, Mech Lab Summit, it was probably six or seven years ago, and this is when they're a little bit smaller than they are today. Right. And it was here in Florida, actually, it was in Miami. And I remember after the first 15 minutes of the summit, I was like, this is like the coolest thing I ever think. The, like the first thing that I took away was like, it stirred this kind of inner geek inside of me with all right. like the science and the heuristics and all the cool you know, methodologies. And I was like, well, that's kind of cool. But then something occurred to me. And I said, you know, man, if I could figure out a way, because I work exclusively with nonprofit organizations, if I could right. figure out a way to do at least a small portion of what you guys are doing with some of these large marketing organizations, right. uh, we could make a significant difference in our industry, and, and that could perhaps right. make a difference in our world. So that's why you know, we're kind of obsessed with this idea of trying to unlock more ways for people to give by using the web as that living laboratory. Right. And so uh, what you guys don't know is Tim actually has a library of experiments 
And his library is it's it's fairly extensive. You've got some really cool stuff. And in fact, the first thing that we're going to do today is we're going to look at one of Tim's very own tests. Great. So uh, without further ado, Tim, tell us a little bit about this test. Sure. So this is uh, an experiment we did with one of our research partners, the Heritage Foundation. They are right. a think tank in Washington, D.C. So these are people that have very, very smart, they're PhDs, and they do all kinds of policy research. And they educate both the people that work you know, in governments and, and right. on Capitol Hill, but also just the general kind of uh, population of, of folks. And so as part of their fundraising campaign at the end of year cycle, and, and if you're not familiar with nonprofit organizations, most nonprofits raise most of their money in the last quarter of the year, and actually most of that even occurs in the month of December. So right. this was as part of a, a, an end of year email campaign. There was probably about 11 or 12 emails in the series. And uh, we wanted to run a, an experiment to try and understand what's the best tone, what's the best way to be able to engage uh, right. people uh, with opportunities to give to support the cause. Right. And so the first uh, email that you see on the screen here, this is the, um, the, the, the one approach where we, we kind of were using a principle that you've taught, taught us of, of continuity, right? right? So we wanted to uh, use an email that was consistent with what they would probably expect. Um, right. Most of the communications, both through direct mail uh, and through other sources, uh, including online, is from Jim DeMint, who is the president of the Heritage Foundation. Right. And uh, you know, it usually kind of lays out a, a formal appeal for support. So we wanted to take that, we wanted to test that against another concept. And this other concept was sent from a different sender. So this is not the president of the organization. This is uh, uh, probably a lesser known person who works more with their membership folks uh, named right. Christy Fogarty. And in this particular email, we're trying to actually really get to something you know, that, that kind of unifies this concept of clarity and simplicity. We wanted to very clearly communicate why people should give and you know, kind of take a little bit slightly less formal tone. Right. And, and so that's what we did. So let's take a look at these two. Audience, I'd like to get you to, to kind of dial in here real quick. Which one do you guys think will produce the most greatest response? Uh, so I'm actually watching the screen. Let me hear from you guys. What do you guys think? Version A, which is kind of the more formal tone, we've got the founder involved, a much kind of a more known name. Or we've got version B, a slightly lesser known name, a little bit shorter, um, definitely a different approach. What do you guys think? So we've got a lot of version Bs. I've seen a lot of Bs. I got to see some As. Dustin says A. Kristen says A. Okay. Uh, Christina says A. But then we've got a number of Bs. Julia just said B. Uh, Natasha is B. Hmm. Right. Uh, very interesting. So um, let's go ahead and pull those back up, guys. Okay. B. Right. A. Okay. B. Excellent. So uh, so do you guys want to know, know the results? Uh, we're not going to make you come back to another clinic. Uh, we've got the results right here. Here are the results. Yes, so uh, treatment B, sent from the less well-known uh, person at the Heritage Foundation, produced a 380% increase in revenue, which was pretty significant. And not only uh, was that an increase in revenue, but it increased conversion and average gift, two of the key metrics that lead to revenue. It's pretty interesting. So we're going to actually unpack that today, aren't we, John? Yes, and that's, and that's a funny thing, because when I look at this test, the first thing I see is, okay, you've got a really well-known guy, right, who maybe could pull some weight, and then you've got somebody that's really relatively unknown. Um, and you're kind of pitting them up against each other, and it seems, oh yeah, totally, I would go with the person that's not known as much. But it actually kind of reminded me of an experiment that we oversaw here. Let me share this with you guys. It's uh, with a group called Consolidated Credit. Hmm. And um, if, you've, if you've been fans for a while, you, we 
you may know this test, you may not, but I pulled this kind of out of the library. Um, I oversaw this with a, a guy named Spencer, who's, um, whose email was the uh, introduction of the webinar there. And we were trying to generate more leads in the home page. Um, that was the goal. And we wanted to do a very simple image mm -hmm. test. Here's, uh, here's one version, okay? So here's your lesser known person, kind of like similar, not exactly, but similar to what version B was in your treatment. And then we pitted that mm -hmm. against the founder of the company. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to see who would pull in the greatest amount of leads, the number of clicks there right on that orange button. And the result was the founder. Interesting. Right? It's kind of the opposite of what we right. saw with our email test. Right. So now that we've got those two kind of uh, case studies pitted up against each other, I want to ask the audience here, what do you guys think these two case studies have in common? Hmm. Do you see anything in common with this? I mean, what would you guys estimate? This is kind of a hard one, but uh, I want to give you a chance. Audience, what do you think? If there's anything in common with these two, what do you think the, the two think? What do, what do you think it is? Jamie says they're more personal. Mike says emotion. Okay. Dominic says authenticity. Okay. Right. Friendly says Andy. Uh, Kelly says clear call to action. Okay. Well, the, guys, these, these aren't bad, actually. This is some good thinking, right? And, and Rebecca, in, in both cases, they made a personal connection which prompted them to give. Okay. So, so you guys are all kind of hitting on something. And, and the, the most difficult thing about what I'm seeing in common here is that it's really hard to find an exact word for it. I don't know if the English language does justice. So I'm going to attempt at a word. But you English majors, you know, give me some forgiveness here. The main thing that I see in common with these two is that they both represent what I would call the right amount of humanization in each mm. situation. And, and what I mean by that, it's, you can almost say personification. Now, uh, when I say humanization or personification, I don't mean Mickey Mouse. I don't mean like giving an animal, drawing eyes on your landing page and giving a name Larry. Right. Um, what I'm more so talking about is having your sales or nurture process, process kind of embody human nature or kind of represent human values, human nature, human action, human behavior. And you guys are touching on that with some of your answers, like the emotion and things like that. And, uh, and it kind of begs a question, well, why? Why do I need to personify my sales process? Why do I need to humanize it? Well, a uh, great quote from Flint. Uh, he couldn't be here today. Um, but uh, from one of his, his book, The Marketer's Philosopher, he makes a, a great reflection on the the idea that the funnel doesn't occur physically. It's not a physical construct. It's a mental one, hmm. right? We're not optimizing pages. We're optimizing thought sequences. We're not optimizing emails. We're not optimizing thought sequences. And uh, ultimately, because we believe that people buy from website or people buy from people, not websites, right? And so when you take this concept and, and you think about all of your marketing, all of your collateral in this way, it makes you question the way in which you're doing it. And it makes you wonder, is my process in its current state at these different points really kind of portraying that human connection, relationship building as well as it could be? It's interesting, yeah. And so what we want to do today, and, and what Tim hinted at is this, is we want to break that down. We want to break down not just Tim's case study, but we also want to contrast it with this other case study and talk, about, talk with you about this idea of humanizing your process. And we want to show you three things, just three ways. And these aren't the only three ways, 
but this is kind of a, one of those extra lessons that you can throw in addition to your email heuristic, to your conversion heuristic. This is kind of a great supplement. So that's what we're going to do uh, for the next remaining amount of time. And we're going to start with uh, point number one. And that is, the first thing that I would say that you could pull out of this is that ensure that you can humanize it by ensuring that you have the right representation for the right conversation. Now, what do we mean by representation? Tim, tell us a little bit about the case study that you guys have, and let's try and kind of break this down for everybody. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I think the, the, the one thing that I think about is what's believable, okay? Right. I mean, representation is about, like, are we representing something that could actually be true, okay? Right. Uh, because, you know, I mean, obviously, we're, as we move into mass communications, like, you know, there's a lot of different things that get between uh, the message and the recipient of the message, right? Right. Uh, so is it is it believable that that they're going to get an email from you know the right honorable you know Jim Dement who is a former senator and president of like the largest think tank in the country? I mean, is that believable? I mean, does that make sense? Do you think that that would be true? Right. I mean, I mean, I don't know. So yeah, that was kind it, of one of the things where we're like, well, maybe we need to test that. Right. Whereas, is it more believable, perhaps, to get an email from Christy Fogarty, Director of Membership Programs at the Heritage Foundation? Well, it seems right. a little bit more believable. Right, and, and, and the, real, the real issue here is it's the medium too, right? Because mm -hmm. in email, what do we expect? We're, in email, we're actually looking for those personal messages. That's right. In, in fact, I start out my day, every day in email, with my finger on the delete key. And if it doesn't look like it's from somebody that I know or from somebody that I feel like I need to respond to, I just twitch and it's gone, right? So especially for email, yes. that is the case. In fact, um, we'll go back one go back one slide because I want to point out one other point here that's very interesting about these two emails. I want to point out the absolute just dynamicism of the design that you see. Oh, I mean, yes. this is like literally Beautiful. we were considering sending these emails like for Addy Awards. I mean, like, oh, it, totally. I mean, it, like it literally, it's just so compelling. It's just, I mean, I'm obviously being facetious, right? right okay, of I mean, like they're, they're very minimally designed. Right. But that is intentional. Right. Because people don't want to receive emails from email machines. Right. They want to receive emails from people. And it's so much more true when it comes to nonprofit fundraising where we're right. having to get people to actually financially give a gift right. where that benefit's going to go to you know, somebody else. So when people feel like they're being marketed to, right, that's right. kind of like you get in this defensive posture. You're kind of like, uh-oh, shields up. Right. You know what I mean? And people are, are wicked smart. We give them to, yeah, we don't give the people on our lists, our donors, our customers, we don't give them enough credit sometimes. Right. We feel like, well, I can just kind of put up some slick thing and, you know, well, yeah. they'll fall for my trap. No, yeah. no. They're smart and they can figure out the difference between being marketed to and being communicated with. You know, that's a, what we want. It's a really interesting point. And the reason why I say that is I've got a case study. Um, and this is, <laughs> this is one of our own. Um, this is one of our own pieces of marketing collateral. You know, if you follow Marketing Experiments or Sherpa, we occasionally ask for your help trying to figure out some of those pressing questions mm -hmm. like in e-commerce. And um, this was the original design. And uh, one of our geniuses apparently said, hey, guys, uh, what would happen if we actually turn that into a real email with ugly yellow highlighting, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I put the, I blocked the name out, of course. But this was it. This was literally it. So they stripped all the images, stripped all the design and the beauty out of it. And this is what happened. A significant difference, not just in clicks, but also in completion. People want to get emails from people, not from email machines. Right. Right? It, not from email machines. It's, it's very straightforward. And now let's think mm -hmm. about, though, the homepage. Mm -hmm. Now, what about the homepage? In this case, the founder actually won. Well, think about it. Th think about this. 
if you're just getting to know somebody, right, you're not going to be so incredibly personal with them. You're not necessarily going to connect as easy with somebody, especially if you don't know them as much. But if there's something that can bring up a lot of, if there's somebody that you already somewhat know, that you have a somewhat familiar connection with, mm -hmm. then you're more likely to, to maybe feel comfortable to engage or at least start a conversation. What most of you don't know is that especially for the, the, the large uh, audience that these guys attract, Howard over there is actually, he, he's, He's on, he was on Fox a lot as one of their regular advisors. Hmm. He was on TV a lot, and especially with the group that they were kind of targeting on. So they knew who Howard was. They knew mm -hmm. that, hey, it's Howie, you know? you know? We know who Howard is. He actually, he, he speaks very intelligently about finance. He doesn't plug consolidated credit, at least from what I, don't, from what I know, on there. Hmm. But now, for the first time, they can make that connection. Interesting. So, so if you think about it, you know, it's, it's a difference between, I guess, um, you know, if you're trying to, uh, I hate to use this, but if you're trying to get a date, you know, you don't show up in your PJs, no. right? No, I mean, you, you, there's, there's a certain, there's a way well, that you have to, you may. yeah, I, I, I don't know, you know, there's yeah. a way that you've got to start that conversation. There's a way that you have to start the relationship. Right. And th that's what I'm talking about, humanizing mm -hmm. it. I mean, aligning it with human nature, aligning it with human behavior, aligning it with human tendencies for the subliminal. Well, John, can I make one other point? And yes. I, and, and, um, it was a couple slides ago where you showed the, the other treatment version where it, it had like a young woman on there. Right. And uh, th this is actually a point. I, it was actually one of the summits I attended. There was a guy, David Meerman Scott, and he had right. this like whole kind of bit where he said like, why do we use stock photography? Is right. that like not the dead giveaway that you just went to Getty and downloaded some picture of some smiling person with a headset on? I mean, right. like, have you ever been to a, ca a call center? You know, I mean, like, people are not all beautiful they, and like cheery yeah. and yay, They're certainly happy not to happy to, to be you. there. Hello. No, I mean, like, so, so I think that, you know, using an actual real person in this case makes it more believable. Go right. back to your point about representation. Right. So does this make sense, everybody? I mean, I think the best way to sum it up is this. And this is a, a nice quote from the Marketer's Creed. It's on the Marketing Experiment site. Uh, but people don't buy from companies, from stores, from websites, they buy from people. It's, about pro it's not about programs, it's about relationships. Just very straightforward, well put. So, let's move on to point number two. What's the second thing that you can do to, to kind of humanize your process? What, mm. What's one tactic? Well, you can ensure that you have the right tone for the right conversation. And Tim, let's go back to the email okay. and let's talk about tone a little bit. Well, that's great because that was actually one of the main focuses of this experiment was we're trying to figure out how to get the right tone. So if you, <laughs> this is funny. So if you look at version A, okay, coming from Jim DeMint, I mean, it, it almost like seems like it's like, hey ye, hey ye, hey ye, right. and you have to roll out a red carpet and unfold a, a scroll and read from it with trumpets and make this bold statement, dear fellow, oh, you know, heritage yes. is because of page. I mean, like, we don't talk like, I don't talk like I don't, this. Yeah, I don't think anybody talks like this anymore, right? right? Well, so, Joey, Joey talks So like I think that. that that's one, that's <laughs> like a sanity check now. Like when we right. do emails, we kind of like read it in this like, here doth come forth and take off my email list. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's yeah, just, it, 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 it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So, right. so you compare and contrast that with version B. Right. Subject line, checking in. Checking in. You know right. how many emails I've gotten from Chrissy Fogarty with the subject line checking in? I mean, like, I fell for this and we wrote the stinking copy, right? right. So checking in. And it's like, hey there, uh, you know, I want to check in. Thanks for your support. Happy New Year. All right. my best, Christy. You know what I mean? Like, that's how people talk and communicate in email. And for some reason, when we go into marketing mode, right. we get, like, just, we get stuck in a time machine that takes us back 100 years. Right. right. Or at least... 
even for email, we feel like we need to communicate the same way in email that we communicate like on our direct mail piece. It's like that snake oil advertisement <laughs> right. that you guys use from time to time. Like yes. it's like, it's so, it, that's such a perfect picture for me about like how we have to get that tone right. Right. Well, we've got a question from the audience and uh, this is from Jeffrey. But what is the difference between real talk and aspirational talk? And shouldn't we be aspirational with our donors? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, like, it, there's nothing wrong with being aspirational, but at the same time, we have to do that at the proper point in the thought sequences, right? right. And perhaps email is not the very best place to do that. Maybe, you know, having uh, uh, some sort of more uh, interactive type of you know, session, like on a, on a conference call or a video or, right. or in a, a, a kind of a webcast like, today, like we're doing today, that's maybe the time to have more of that emotional thing because the problem is it's hard to read emotion into email. It's hard that's to right. get people excited. They're just trying to convey and interpret and, and process information. And very so, fast for that matter. Exactly. And to your point, people are not looking for a reason to click. They're looking for a reason to delete. Right. right? And, that, and I, I think we've got a case study coming up where we talk, I, I would argue that there may be some aspirational language that's used to the advantage. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and we'll get to that. But that's a very good question. Um, very good question. Let's continue on. This reminds, you know, th this experiment here reminded me of an experiment that I did in email as well. Mm -hmm. And it was for a B2B uh, software company. They, um, companies who are managing big events. Um, if you've ever heard of Eventbrite, they're like their top competitor. Mm -hmm. um, and in this case, they were trying to recover people who had started a process but didn't actually complete the form. So they're trying to figure out what was going on, trying to get them back. I guess you could call it a win back campaign. That's what us marketers call hmm. it. But uh, that was essentially the campaign. And let me show you uh, what happened. So I was working with the, the, the head of sales there. And um, he said, John, <laughs> this is how we have to write the email. This is, this is, we're going to use all the best practices <laughs> that I know of. And I tr pretty much transcribed word from word the best attempt to kind of reach the customer from his mind from that sales approach. And if you, you can read it right there, you're just one step away from getting free access to our quickly make an event, um, build registration, you know, it's very much. But um, that's not all. But that's you know not mean? all, like, right. <laughs> and, 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 you know, it looks like a lot of those templates. Right. And I begged him, please, can I test just, just one treatment? Hmm. And so he let me. And all that we did is we, we took, we we're basically asking for the same thing except we changed the approach. I noticed that you started, but weren't able to finish. Hmm. Are you concerned about your phone number? Are you worried about high pressure sales tactics? We believe our product sells itself, so we're just here to provide you with whatever assistance you need. Wow. Uh, just very much customer service oriented. Just dial it down just a little I bit. I love that, Just John. a little bit. That's so good. What was the Did result? Did you write that? Uh, it wasn't bad, right? Okay. You know, I could do a little better there. Mm -hmm. But uh, the result was 349% more. Outstanding. So in the 300, so totally if you guys do this, 300%. No, not really. But listen, the point that we're trying to make here is that especially in that, that medium of email, you've really got to watch the tone, especially watch a tone, right? Um, it really comes down to this, you know? Mm. We believe that brand is just reputation, marketing is just conversation, and buying is an act of trust. And, the first thing that people look at, you know, other than what we talked about on the first point, is they're looking at that tone, mm. and they're looking for reasons not to believe in your email. They're looking for reasons to delete you, and tone is one dead giveaway. They're like, 
I'm trying to be sold. I don't trust you. Can I can I make an unscripted point? Yes. Uh, because yes. something you said I, I think is really very very critically important. You, you mentioned best practices. Right. And I know that you battle this all the time, as we do, right? And and you know Flint has a very interesting way of explaining what best what he thinks be best right. practices. It's what it's pulled ignorance? ignorance. Which yes. I said that once, and like literally some girl almost threw a shoe at me at a conference. Right. So I was like, <laughs> okay, best. Pra I was like, so it's it's a good serving suggestion. It's a good starting point. Right. But like. It, it's not the end destination. Right. That's the place maybe where you start, but you have to find ways to kind of break through those best practices, right? Right. Because, you know, Einstein says that, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, which is true, right. but it's only partly true. Because in today's modern world where everything is changing so fastly, if we're doing the same things over and over again and expecting the same results, it's just as insane. Right. Right. And this is where we get into kind of like innovation, kind of, you know, being birthed out of this optimization kind of stuff. So I just I wanted to pause and make that point because I thought it was a really good. Yeah, totally. And I mean, spot on. Right. So, again, it doesn't mean avoid best practices. It simply means you could start there, but think about the human on the other side and think about, OK, What's more important? Is there a better way to communicate with these people so that I'm actually having a human? So my sales process kind of represents a human. Mm -hmm. It represents a relationship, not best practices, right? Let's go to the third point real quick. We've got about 10 minutes left. The third thing that you can do to humanize your process is to ensure that you have the right level of clarity for the right conversation. And again, to explain this point, let's go <coughs> right back to the email. Tell yeah. us about tell us about the clarity aspect here between version A well, and B. Well, I think it's just it's a little bit muddy. I mean, like, and this one does really speak to that question that came earlier about aspiration. I mean, if you read this little pullout quote here, you know, you stand with us because you know exactly what you believe, and it means that you're somebody that's you know stands for principles. And it's like, yes, I get all that, but how's my gift going to be used? What right. are you doing with it? Yeah, what are you doing? It doesn't. With we it? don't answer that fundamental question that I think is posed in the mind of every single one of your donors, which is the value prop question, right? right? If I'm your ideal donor, why should I give to you rather, rather than, than somebody else yes. or no one at all, right? So if you go to the treatments, it's very simply stated. Your gift direct goes directly to supporting, you know, causes you care about in 2020. We're going to arm, arm, arm and equip these yes. guys with the information, the intellectual ammunition they need to be able to go and take your principles and advocate them on the hill. And yeah, we're going to also try to move other people to agree with us. Great. Right. Here you go. It's, yeah, and that's it's, why we had a 300 and whatever it was percent increase in revenue. Because we were just straightforward. This, and, and even in the call to action, I mean, if you compare it, stand with the group, mm -hmm. okay, what does that mean, versus make your year-end contribution here. And I think some people, sometimes you can be afraid even an email to make something like that. But you guys have to remember, you know, this is an email going out to an existing user base that has some relationship with them already. Uh oh, I feel right? like I'm, I'm channeling Flint now. What is right? it? Clarity yeah. trumps persuasion, right? right? Exactly. Yes, I mean, you already have a relationship. <laughs> so you can actually get away with something a little bit more direct, especially, uh, we even had the situation come up with one of the email summits, not last, this last one, but the year before, where the same kind of scenario happened. Again, it's paying attention to that list. Um, in fact, uh, the clarity thing doesn't just, doesn't just happen in email, though. You guys have a great test. Um, on a landing page, actually, we talk about clarity and we talk about language too. Tim, why don't you why don't you lead us through this real quick? Yeah, real quickly. So, so this is for uh, name capture. So it's an email book uh, download, and we get people's name and email address, so we can then begin to cultivate the relationship. So if you click, uh, it, let me kind of expand this uh, this box here. So 
we just focus on the language, just this first sentence and the call to action. So the control, I mean, it's not bad. It's a, you know, what can Martin Luther King teach people of faith about human rights, you know? Right. And then download the free ebook to find out. I mean, that's fine. It's okay, but adequacy is the enemy of excellence, right? Right. So we started looking at that and we said, okay, um, is there a way that you could read that where it's almost kind of like we're talking down our nose to these people? It's like, right. hey, Mr. Uninformed Person, yeah. you know, uh, you need to learn something and uh, you need to do some work in order to learn it. You got to download our book because we're super smart and you're not. Right. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. kind of like there's a way where you could read it like that. So we said, okay, well, let's just try and spin it a little bit so that we're actually kind of stroking people's, you know, their, their very sensitive uh, egos first, right. right? So it's like his world changing. So we, first of all, we pay it off. His world changing movement began with his faith. So here's what it's all about. You don't have to click and download to find out. We tell you what it is. Right. And then we say, how can today's world changers, like you, Mr. Right. Reader, right? right? Or, because yeah. you must be one of them if you're reading this. Right. Uh, how can they learn from the legacy of Dr. Luther King? And then we focus on the value of getting the free ebook, not the work that they must do of downloading it. So not a dramatically different change, but those changes actually made a significant difference. And I think the difference was about 137%, uh, yeah, there is 133.7% increase right. in names that were acquired through right. this ebook. So very simply just changing the words. Helping them understand, helping them to connect essentially what's, what they're about to get, you know, with what they know. I mean, and, and that's very much kind of what you're doing. It's, it's bringing clarity to the situation. Um, it's guys, it's the same reason why on a McDonald's advertisement <laughs> that they actually show the ketchup and the onions and the mustard and the pickles kind of like falling off of it. Because they want you to know that they're there. Okay? And if Burger King is coming out with an angry Whopper, they're going to want to let you know what's angry on it so that you can understand it so that you'll be, will want to buy it. Whereas when you actually go there and get it in the box, it's actually in the center where you want it when you eat it. Right? Does that make sense? So it's about clarity. And uh, finally, and guys, just if you want to see the exact stats, 133% right there for that particular example. But going back to that homepage really quick. Again, these people could have been watching Howard all this time and not known that he is the one that started this thing. Hmm. And if they already know him and already trust him, then why wouldn't, you see, why wouldn't you put him there? That's clarity. Yes, let's be clear that he started the company. Let's be clear that he's associated with this company. Let's be clear that the values that he stands for are probably imbued within this organization. Hmm. That's kind of the impression that you want to leave at the beginning. So again, this is another form of clarity. It's very much like, like that. You just want to make sure you know, or at least they know, that something is there that they value. Hmm. And that's really kind of what we've done. Uh, how would we sum this up? Uh, we said it uh, a number of times, but you can read it right there on the screen. Another, th another kind of quote from the Creed, Article 3. Clarity trumps persuasion. Hmm. So, guys, uh, has this been helpful so far, audience? Um, has this been has this been helpful? Is this kind of a good pace? Um, I just want to just check in with you real quick. Let me know that you're alive. I'm watching the screen. Okay, good. They're alive. <laughs> we didn't lose them, Tim. <laughs> good. So, uh, Spencer says hello. Thanks, Spencer. He's part of it too. Let's let's uh, go to a summary. Okay. Listen guys, very simple. People don't buy from companies, stores, or websites, they buy from people. It's really about building a relationship, right? If you can leverage this principle, um, you're kind of personifying your sales process. It's probably not the exact right word, don't kill me English majors, but the concept 
really makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. And three things that you can do to kind of start that process, pay attention to the representation that you have and where it's at. Pay attention to the tone, okay? Tone is incredibly important. And then finally, pay attention to the level of clarity, right? If you have a value proposition, mm -hmm. you may be losing it just because they don't know it, just mm -hmm. because they're not aware of it. And just simple changes like the one Tim showed could result in a significant increase in response. Um, and with that, before we go into live optimization, because we want to actually look at your pages, um, Tim, you're actually experimenting with something. Um, yeah, this a little is, bit of fun. This is kind of a new thing. So um, we want to test your marketing intuition, as Flint would say. So we've created this little thing on our website called This Versus That. Right. So it, it, we pull every week a different case study from our library, and we just show you the control and the treatment. We give you the background and the research question, and then it's up to you, right, Mr. Marketer slash fundraiser, to vote for which one you think won. And then afterwards, you get to see the full case study and all, all the fun stuff. So if, if you guys want to go check that out, that'd be great. Love to get some feedback on that, actually, because this is kind of a new thing, an experiment that we're actually doing ourselves. Right. So thanks for, you know, allowing yeah, us to share and, with that. Guys, with you, know the, you know what Tim works on. You know what Next After is focused on. So if you're really interested in that specific focus, um, that's kind of a place to go and check it out. Without further ado, let's actually look at some pages, guys. Um, by the way, um, we'll have this up at the end uh, if you stay with us, but we've got complimentary appointments. Spencer at Mech Labs, just send him an email. Um, he'll do you right. He'll get He's you with the wicked good Wicked genius. Wicked genius. Yes. We work together genius. for our many partnerships. Let's get to the first page. All right, this is Advantage Route Systems. This looks like an email. So is everybody going to be kind of chiming in yes. and helping us? Absolutely. Oh, cool. okay. okay, great. Awesome. So, so guys, um, <clears throat> audience, check this out, uh, guys and ladies, right? Uh, we've got an email here, and uh, it looks like it needs some help. This uh, is for a B2B audience. Their purpose is lead gen. They ultimately want people to, they, to click, mm. and then to probably fill out some form or sign up for some demo. And maybe it doesn't have to be a demo. Maybe it's just to start and cultivate that relationship, mm -hmm. as Tim was talking about. Let me, let me hear from you guys real quick. What would you guys do? Okay? What would you do differently? Right? Uh, what, would you, what would you start to change? And while you're working on that, Tim, let me ask you, um, what is one thing that they're doing that's, that's, that's probably helping them, but then what's one or two things that they should probably focus on first if well, they want to see an increase in response? I'll tell you what I like about this. It's, it's actually kind of you know, shaped almost like a letter. Like it's almost you know, shaped like it's a, like a, you know, an email to a person. Hi there, I like the casual opening. Uh, what confuses me a little bit is it kind of mixes metaphors a little bit. It's, right. it's got like this, this, this more informal kind of letter type feel, but it also has got these graphics and images and stuff that is a dead giveaway right. that it's not from a real person. So one, one idea would be maybe make it look more like those, those Heritage Foundation emails, right. where it looks like it's just like coming, I call it like the Outlook-based version, right? right? Where it looks like it actually came from a human being. So right. that's one thought. So get rid of the logos, basically. Mm -hmm. maybe, even the, maybe even consider the images, um, you know, you may, yay or nay, maybe on the button. You may be able to get away with that, but, um, but definitely use that format to your advantage. Um, make it pure, and then focus <laughs> this, on the content. Do you see this? Look at the second one. Why, why are they pushing a negative that they tested and that there is nothing wrong with their software? <laughs> yes, it's, yes, very good. That's so, a very, very so, uh, um, astute if observation. If you're listening Advantage Route Systems, um, I think that's a very good point. Mm -hmm. um, I have to admit, Tim and I did get a chance to look at this just prior to coming on, and we had the same thought, which is, um, why are you email? Why do you hope to generate a lead 
by first telling me that you tested and you didn't find any problems. So it's okay. Yeah. You can have a demo now, right? right, um, right. It's, it's understood that everything should be ready. What we'd recommend instead is maybe, uh, maybe spit it differently. You know, Tim, you had a really good version when we, we talked before. It was kind of like... Well, um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want something that, you know, we did some basic testing and it seems to be okay. I want like assurance that like, you know, we, we've done an, an exhaustive audit of this sucker right. and it's, go it's good to go. You know what I mean? Here's what we so, found out. Right. Right. I mean, like, I guess that's, you know, just... Think about that, and you get, look, this is not to be critical. I mean, the, the right. whole purpose of this exercise is like everybody needs outsider perspective, right? Right, And like sometimes we get in our little kind of marketing silos and that's all we can think about. And so, you know, take all this in the spirit of love right. and, and help, right? Okay. So definitely work on your substance. Um, you've, you've got a good start with your form, but work on the substance. Think about what you're focusing on. And uh, request a demo might be a little premature. You mm. might want to invite them in first on the interest of some content and then lead them Learn to Learn more or you know, download this, uh, right. this white paper of, of some of the thing, findings from our exhaustive you know, audit right. of the software system. Right, so that could be interesting, but consider your audience, right? Uh, and, and, and a couple other things from the audience. Too many sentences start with we, um, very good. Uh, put mm. the reason why they should continue reading up front, very good. Awesome. So all of those yeah. are very good, so, so take that. Guys, we're out of time, but do you mind if we do one more? Would you like to do one more, just one more? One more, hang around with us. Um, if you have to go. I'm staying the night, so we I'll, can do this all, all night. All right, as we can do, I'm yeah. Concerned. So let's do one more, guys. <clears throat> all right, we've got an e-commerce site, guys. Entirely pets. Hmm. So this is, uh, must be an e-commerce site for pets. Um, guys, um, I think I'm gonna go straight to the audience in this one first. Uh, what do you guys <laughs> think? Too busy, says Frank. Ah. What else, what else? Frank is fast, all right? You, the rest of you guys are taking a long time, you know? <laughs> You're welcome, Frank. <laughs> too many too colors. Many colors, thanks, Jamie. She gets a number two. 46 options, says Mike. <laughs> yes, 46. Too many calls to action, says Not Sam. getting any emotion, interesting. Oh, right, yep. D Dominic, that's a good point. Very good. Um, what are those closeout options? Yes. Ah, Melissa yeah. is just annoyed. Um, <laughs> well, the, the, yeah, the offers closeout deals. Well, what are they? Right, Tell right. me what they are. I mean, like in the, down at the bottom, we were looking at this earlier. It's like sale price, but there's no like what the actual price used to be. So I have no context for if that's a good deal or not. Right. right. I mean, the first, I mean, think about it this way. So if you're entirely pets on the line, um, I mean, this is all great feedback, but the thing that I was- Did you say on the line? Yes, okay. on the line, yeah. <laughs> it's on the line. It's right. on the line. You take those pictures, you put them out there on the line. On the right. line, yeah. <laughs> if you're here listening to us right now, um, one thing that you would want to pay attention to, the, the, the question, the looming elephant in the room, is why should I even stay on this site rather than go to Petco or 1-800-PETMEDS if you sell medicine or one of these other established brands mm. that's in my neighborhood that's also online, that. Key differentiator. Why right. you and not someone right. else? So it's a value proposition. Mm. If I am your ideal customer, why should I choose you rather than? And listen, if I'm a customer, and, and I'd hate to say this, but you, the customer is looking at you and judging you right there. I mean, they're judging the book by its cover. You have to give yourself a fair shot. And the mm. only way you're going to give yourself a fair shot is if you make space on this page, specifically in that iPath, in the primary iPath, that gives them a reason to stay. This is why our shop is worth staying at. This is why our products are worth browsing. Mm. And you want to be directed. You put a headline and a subheadline, and maybe a little bit of text, maybe under that banner, right above the banner. 
but make mm. it very clear of why you're different unless the prices are so good that it's clear enough. Here's a couple really good ones. Real fo pet photos would really pull you in. People really love cats and dogs, so show a picture of one. Right. I thought that's actually really, those are, those are two really good practical things that could be done to this page. Right, I mean, we've got cartoon cats and dogs up there. Um, I can never get a pair of sunglasses on my corgi um, or my cat. Well, Somebody said free shop shipping on orders over 75 is too high. Um, right. It's, 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 uh, See all these judgments mm. that people are making? I mean, these are the kind of judgments that mm. people are making to decide if they should even click. Mm. So you've got to find a reason for them. And if you're a site like this and you don't have a storefront, right, or you're not like constantly in their face, then it's even more important mm. to make that immediate connection. So the first thing that I would recommend, and the only thing, if, if you could do only one thing, is dedicate some space in this page to answer that critical question, why should I even bother to click on anything? Hmm. Why should I even bother to scroll? What is the thing that I need to be paying attention? What makes you different than Petco um, or one of these other sites? So, or even Doggy Loot, you know, I've had some great case studies from Doggy Loot. Why should I go here instead of Doggy Loot? Okay, same kind of thing. Any, Tim, what do you think? One, one thing from, from you, Tim. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think, what are my closeout deals? What is one specific offer that would at least get me to, like you said, do that critical first click and go you know, a little bit deeper into the website? Right. So, I mean, that's one practical thing. Also, the sale price, I'd put the, what the actual real retail price is and have a line through it to give yes. me context for how good of a deal you're giving me. Right, so if deals are your thing, present your price better. Um, guys, I think we are out of time. It's negative five minutes, apparently from uh, Ken. But listen, um, we want to thank you guys for taking the time to pay attention and stay tuned. Um, thank you so much, Tim. Thank you, John. It was a great, I love the case study. And um, it's great to see what your guys are doing at Next After. Looking forward to seeing the this versus that. We should and do this every week. We should do this right? every week. You know, and guys, if you, if you really want this every week, you'd have to let us know. I think <clears throat> we're always trying to experiment, trying to find better ways to serve you, um, even if it's a small number. Um, or not, uh, but let us know. Use your feedback tool um, that you see on the screen or just uh, use the feedback now. We'll be in touch. But again, thank you for your time. Thank you for your trust. And we look forward to seeing you next month on our next clinic. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to this recording of a Marketing Experiments Live Web Clinic. You can sign up to receive invites to future live web clinics, as well as receive access to $10 million worth of internet marketing research at marketingexperiments.com.